we start off a podcast about the top stories we're going to talk about, what stories we're not going to talk about, two stories on Deshaun Watson. Oddly enough, two stories that we didn't combine for a super story that would have probably put it in the top 10 are in the also-rans, 11 through 15, one story on a response that Deshaun Watson's lawyer filing gave on based on all the sexual assault allegations and the one at number 11, which we'll give you just a tease of. And that's a single tweet from the Houston Police Department has changed everything about Deshaun Watson case. That was the headline we posted and we posted it on Sunday, the 4th of April. And this story, not quite good enough for top 10. This is basically a reply that uh, Deshaun Watson's lawyer gave out there. That allowed the Houston Police Department to have to actually apply or, or reply to it, which means they're actually actively investigating the case, which will make it probably even worse for Deshaun Watson going forward. More details on that. Go to our website. This is a conversation Click the link for this week's podcast week ending April the 10th, 2021. We have a link to every single story that went through the entire listing from top to bottom, by the way, 207 this week. So since I've told you what we're not talking about, let's get ready to get prepared, get ready to get prepared for what we're going to talk about. The top 10 stories per you, stories that you said were most important in conversation this week on the weekly wrap up with Jay Cliven Payne. This is for the week ending April the 10th, 2021. And welcome back to the show. Jay Cleveland Payne is my name, and this show is called The Weekly Wrap-Up. It is a weekly wrap-up of news stories that we've gathered over the week for, as part of the conversation project housed at thisisaconversation.com, and it tells us what stories are most conversational. By that, we give you the chance to vote up or vote away stories that are worth talking about based on just various stories from various news outlets and various sources across the Internet, not just what stays breaking news all day long. Now, if you're here in the States, breaking news coverage on most of the big news stations has been the Derek Chauvin case, and that's essentially what's been on TV all the time. But plenty of other things go on, and we do our best to make sure that you get a chance to see some of it and tell us what it is that's actually the best. This is done on Facebook and Twitter mostly. We post a link every 50 minutes on Facebook and Twitter for you to engage with. And as you engage with it, the score goes up. The more you like, love, hate, share, and disengage with the story, the higher score it gets towards the end of the week. We go from Monday to or Friday to Friday-ish, about midnight on Friday to about 5 a.m. on Friday next week for about seven days plus a few hours just to cover what's there that's going on. Pull the numbers from Facebook and Twitter, put them in a spreadsheet that gives us a roundish, nice, simple one answer. And then we count them down from 10 to 1 in this podcast. We also give you knowledge on the story at the very bottom that didn't get a lot of love and kind of give them some reason why at 207. This week, spoiler alert, we do have a super story and a tie to talk about. We'll explain how those work as we get to those stories. And we will just get into the things that you loved about this week and sometimes hate it. Some of these stories sometimes aren't great stories, but there's ones that you want to talk about. Now, to be a part of the show, follow us on Facebook at This Is The Conversation on Twitter, TH underscore conversation. And as we said, just engage with the stories and we'll see what stories end up here in the top 10 every single week. To engage with us personally, email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. And if you like what you're hearing, Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast out there or you and or I should say you can support us by going to this is a conversation dot com slash 
partnerships. And we'll explain some new things we're doing for partnerships going forward. Right now, enough chit-chat, enough rambling. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of the whole shebang, starting off with story number 10. That headline reads like this. DeSantis blocks businesses from requiring customers to provide COVID documentation. This story is a tie with number nine. So both stories have a bump in response, which means more responsive than the last story while we're talking about this one and not Deshaun Watson by 6.04%. So this the day we also are adding information from what it posted on that day. I said we posted it on Saturday, so it made the newsletter for Monday for the weekend. The engagement on that day was 4.85% for that newsletter posting. Miami Herald is their source for this, as you would think for a a Florida-based story. And I'm going to just give you a simple rundown of this one. Because everyone now is getting COVID-19 vaccinations to make themselves safer for themselves and the world, you have to sort of have some sort of some sort of proof that you had your vaccination because you might need proof. Now, various municipalities and various states are trying to figure out what to do about what they're basically calling COVID-19 passports, some way to show people that you have it. Major cities like New York are having it done by via app-based things. But Florida Governor Ron DeSantis basically said, ain't going to happen. Nowhere in the state can require a customer to provide COVID-19 documentation to prove that they've been vaccinated, whether they're going to a restaurant, going to a large facility for a ball game, or they're going to a city building. No one has the right to ask for that type of identification because it creates two sorts of different uh, individuals, two sorts of citizens, people who are and aren't. And you can discriminate against people who aren't, or at least don't have the ID. Now, that would be one thing if it also weren't a problem that the um, Ron DeSantis, who's actually a, a Republican governor, if the Republican governors across the states weren't all of a sudden revamping all sorts of extra strict voting laws, uh, most of which are requiring some sort of strict ID law, which, of course, causes uh, the creation of two different types of citizens, one with ID and one with not. And, of course, it discriminates against people without ID to go vote. That wasn't in this story. That's a parallel that was pretty obvious when it came up. Yes, the COVID-19 passport is kind of a controversial thing. But when you parallel it to something like voting rights and making people have ID for that, it becomes a bit more similar, unfortunately. That's what we have at the story at number 10. As we said, the reaction based on the scores with Facebook and Twitter combined gave us the real score, the true score, if you will. And that has a tie score for the story at number nine posted on Thursday, the 8th of April. As we said, uh, the other story was posted on Saturday, the 3rd of April. The reason why this story is number nine and not tied for 10 we let the story that is the youngest that got to that number faster, basically having less time on the countdown, to be the top spot. It takes the basically wins by time. And so this one wins because it was posted on Thursday and came into the Friday newsletter as opposed to the other one posted on Saturday. On the date it was in a newsletter, its engagement was 7.93%. AP News is a source. The headline, a very sad one and very graphic one, so bear with us. NFL player Philip Adams killed five than himself. I'm going to read from you what we posted, the excerpt from the story that we posted on the newsletter on Friday. Former NFL player Philip Adams fatally shot five people, including a prominent doctor, his wife, and their two grandchildren before killing himself early Thursday. 
York County Sheriff Kevin Tolson told a news conference that investigators had not yet determined a motive for Wednesday's mass shooting. Dr. Robert Leslie, 70, and his wife, Barbara, 69, were pronounced dead at their home in Rock Hill, along with their grandchildren, Ada Leslie, 9, and Noah Leslie, 5, the New York County Coroner's Office said. A man who had been working at the Leslie home, James Lewis, 38, from Gaston, was found shot at, to death outside. A sixth victim, Robert Shook, 38, of Sherryville, North Carolina, was flown to Charlotte, uh, Charlotte Hospital, where he was in critical condition, quote, fighting for his life, said a cousin, Heather Smith Thompson. At Thursday's news conference, Tolson played audio of the two 911 calls, the first from a HVAC company that employed Lewis and Shook. One of the men, the caller said, had called him screaming and saying that he had been shot and that his co-worker was shot and unresponsive. Tolson said evidence at the scene led authorities to Adams as a suspect. He said they went to Adams' parents' home, evacuated them, and then tried to talk Adams out of the house. Eventually, they found him dead of a gunshot wound to the head. Tolson said both a 45 caliber and 9mm weapons were used in Wednesday's shooting. This is a tragic, tragic story, and we're going to be dealing with this one for a bit. As they said, no motive has been actually found for what was going on, at least not since we actually posted the story. And while many people said he being uh, Adams was a different player after essentially NFL stuff, playing football, uh, this is going to bring in once, you know, some dust settles from some other big stories, issues on trauma from football players as well. Again, this is a story that doesn't go away. That being trauma to football players, it doesn't go away. It recycles in various st- stages of strength here or there. If it weren't for so many other things going on right now, it probably would got a lot more attention, which is why we put it out there. You gave it plenty of attention this week for its daily posting in the Monday newsletter, and it's posting at number nine this week for the full weekly wrap up. Moving on to the story at number eight, this story gets a bump in response from the 10-9 tie of 12.95%. Your headline North Carolina 18-year-old sacrifices his life, uses his own body to shield 10-year-old from hail of bullets. This one posted on Sunday the 4th of April as well. And this is a very interesting story for this week. It's sad. It's tragic. These are stories that should not happen. But this is a story that actually was not highly engaged enough in the day it was posted in the newsletter to make it. This is an example of a story that basically takes a little bit of time to stretch on to grow in Stature, we posted it sort of early, if you will, and then time and the Internet and people talking about it made it grow over the week. In fact, the day it was posted, we pulled it from the local ABC 11 news website. It only had an engagement of 1%, 1.07% in that day it was posted for the for the full newsletter on the Monday of going on there. It didn't make the newsletter this week. This is the first time since we started doing the, the daily newsletter and using that to help us script out the whole posting and doing the engagement numbers that a story that did not make the newsletter was not in the top eight anytime this week made it into the top 10. And it made it at number eight with a lot of time and a lot of condolences, a lot of people hailing this young man as a hero. And because of that, I'm going to read quickly, although I'm running out of time, read quickly from what we posted what what we would have posted if it made there. We did a quick excerpt once we saw this popped up into the feed for the weekend. An 18-year-old from North Carolina died when he used his own body to shield a 10-year-old from gunfire. 
Alteric Bell and his family are from Skinnerville, North Carolina, a small town on the shores of the Almoraine Sound in Washington County. Bell was less than a month away from his 19th birthday. He was close to graduating high school. He had dreams of becoming a model. Bell was in New Jersey with his girlfriend visiting her family. On Saturday, March 27th, Bell was in the backseat of a car with his girlfriend's 10-year-old nephew. That's when another driver opened fire. Bell acted quickly, draping his own body over the 10-year-old as bullets ripped through the car. Multiple bullets struck and ultimately killed Bell. A 25-year-old who was in the front seat of the car was also killed in the shooting, but the 10-year-old walked away unharmed. The 10-year-old's mother had nothing but praise and admiration for Bell's courageous action. Bell's mother says she will not rest until justice is served. So far, police have no announced, have not announced any arrests in this case. This is an interesting case of a story, literally a person from out of state in New Jersey just running up on what seems like a random shootout. We don't know full details on the story. There have not been any updates that we could find after we found about this. And of course, as I said, this is an oddity, a story that we did not actually pull from the newsletter. So we had no idea this would track so high here for the countdown. And now we're dealing with that one. When we originally came up with the idea to do this podcast five, six years ago, uh, we had it based on a radio clock because the point was to basically put it on a radio station as a real show. That may happen in the future, but right now this is more open because it's a podcast. One of the things we did was we had open time, whatever time we had that did not match up to basically the full time we had to. If we had like three minutes left, we would run down a listing of different headlines that weren't in the listing, but were all spread around that were interesting, including listing of all the people who had deceased, who had been deceased, people who died, famous people throughout the week. This was an odd week on that. We had two famous people pass away on Friday. Friday, or at least the announcements of those people happened well after we had stopped the countdown. In fact, I was working on the actual work for this for, for this for for this weekend uh, when we got news of the first person and the second person. Uh, sadly enough, wasn't less of a surprise because we had heard about the bad condition he came in earlier, and that's where we are. So we will not be talking about in this week's podcast the passing of Prince Philip, the Queen's husband at 99 years old. We'll see if he makes it into next week because his passing and us posting on it happened after we cut off for this week. However, passing later on in this week was rapper DMX. He makes the countdown, but not because of passing. He made the countdown for the original posting at number seven with engagement on the day it was posted at 7.49% sourced out from TMZ. That number seven story was posted on Saturday, the 3rd of April. So we had a full week of knowing that DMX was in bad shape. This story gets a bump in response of 28.9% quickly from the actual original posting. DMX suffered a drug overdose Friday night and is currently in the hospital. The prognosis is not good. Sources close to the rapper tell TMZ the OD occurred at his home around 11 p.m. Our sources say the overdose triggered a heart attack. DMX was rushed to the hospital in West Plains, New York, and is in critical care unit. We are told he has, quote, some brain activity, unquote. Another source says he's, quote, in a vegetative state, unquote, and doctors have cautioned he may not make it. 
So we had a full week to prepare ourselves for DMX after the overdose that he suffered earlier in the weekend. And essentially the news of him passing or maybe him allowing him to pass happened late in the afternoon Friday. As we said, Prince Philip, who we're not going deep into, of course, has been in ill health and been in the hospital for a while. Dying at the age of 99, there will be a lot of celebration, a lot of celebratory stuff. Uh, basically, they basically went to breaking news, Prince Philip, all day for the most part. At least here in the States, they broke away when Derek Chauvin went back on TV. But it is what it is. We'll see. We'll talk more about both DMX and Prince Phillips as a lot of accolades for both these men coming through happening after we cut things off. Going back even closer to protocol, here's a headline that happened on Thursday, the 8th of April, with an update coming up. The bump, bump in response for this story is 6.41%. Your headline more than 3,200 Amazon employees at Bessemer, Alabama Fulfillment Center cast ballots in historic vote. That, of course, the number six story, as we said, the engagement on the day as we posted the story for Business Insider was 12.28 percent as it came out in the eight things to talk about newsletter. Now, in the eight things to talk about newsletter, uh, we had a posting that basically went into deep details about the big vote happening at the Bessemer, Alabama plant for Amazon.com or Amazon, the larger company. The fulfillment center was one of the first to really get together and gather the process of maybe unionizing, not the entire company, but just that one facility. And the thought for people who are pro-union was if this one went unionized, this one worked out well, this would be the catalyst to make other people think about it, maybe force some votes. And find some way to maybe nationally unionize the Amazon company or at least the fulfillment centers and many other different types of places inside the company. Your update for the story, so it's really not even worth reading on the thing, is that it failed. So there are or yeah, there are five thousand eight hundred employees in the facility. Like we said 3,215 exactly put a vote in. So about 55% of the people voted and they voted it down. That came to pass late Friday. And so now we're hearing some of the aftermath of what's going on. The people who are into being pro-union or at least anti-Amazon work practices have to go back to the drawing board and figure out how they can push their agenda. Yes, we call it agenda uh, going forward. Meanwhile, what this means for the Jeff Bezos, not exactly lead company anymore, it's still up in question. There's still many people who are discussing very openly some of the practices that they believe Amazon to do, uh, although they're very secretive about some of the things going on and whether they are fair, equitable and sometimes safe. That's something that we'll have to go into deeper going forward, I guess. So I want to take a moment to thank everybody who has over the past five, six years of the life of this podcast and this project. The project is actually a lot older than that, but turning into the news of the day project from original ideas and kind of just scrapping things has been quite a ordeal. So we want to thank everybody who's been a part of the thing, whether you have been an actual patron or whether the actual supporter via donations or using our links to our different uh, vendors or if you're just a listener to the program. The most important thing you can do about this podcast is send in feedback and listen to the program. So send me feedback at the conversation inbox at gmail.com, or you can make sure you subscribe to the podcast and share it with other people. A secondary but very important part 
is maybe deciding that you are ready to help us keep this thing going on and be a partner. Now, we're the website doesn't quite reflect it yet, but we're changing up some of the ways that we're allowing people into this thing. We are doing away with Patreon pretty much in, in general right now in the process of rewriting things and moving on to using our primary source for patrons, a primary source for support at buymeacoffee.com. Buymeacoffee.com has added some new membership tiers and it's a much in our in, in what what we believe people behind the scenes here at this podcast and at the website, easier to use, easier to 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 contribute. And you can contribute just a single donation and you can choose what you want to be, like one cup of coffee, or you can join one of our membership tiers. Membership tiers have various different uh, aspects to them. Right now, we're basically putting all of our more better media memberships through Jay Cleveland Payne's account at Buy Me a Coffee. So if you go to buymeacoffee.com slash Jay Cleveland Payne, or oddly enough, you can still go to this is a conversation.com slash partnerships because there's a link there as well. Just haven't taken out the Patreon stuff. We are basically streamlining, streamlining our money intake going forward. So it's easier for us to track and go through there. Now, going forward, we may set up a separate coffee link for this podcast and the podcast. But right now, it's just the easiest thing to do is to use the support at buymeacoffee.com slash Payne. If you think this is good content, or getting towards good content and want to help keep the lights on. I say that both in the irony that it is and in the reality that it is, you want to help keep keep bills paid and help produce good stuff. Good content means good work. And if you're listening this far, you think I'm assuming you're thinking we're pretty good work. You might want to consider contributing. It helps us get better. So thank you so much for being a listener, being a supporter, even if you aren't in the financial realm, but if you believe that, we can do better. You want to help us do better? Please visit buymeacoffee.com slash Payne or go to our website. This is conversation.com and click on partnerships for a link there as well. At number five, we go back to um, the cash me outside girl now known as bad baby. And this headline rapper bad baby claims to break only fans record by earning $1 million in six hours. Variety.com gave us that story. This story gets a bump in response of 11.71% from the number six story. It got posted on Friday, the 2nd of April. So this one lasted all week long Just and got there fast. Just like she said, for OnlyFans, the engagement on the day it was posted in the eight things to talk about newsletter is 8.94%. Pretty hot. So let's tell you what she did. Bad Baby is charging $23.99 per month for access to photos and videos on her OnlyFans page. Subscribers are also promised the ability to, quote, direct message with the user, unquote. A post late Thursday on her Instagram account included a pic that apparently showed her total haul from OnlyFans at just over $1 million, including 757 526 and 8 cents from subscriptions. $267,675 from DM payments and $5,502.35 from tips. With the statement, not bad for six hours, we broke the F out of that OnlyFans record. No one's actually confirmed. Uh, well, no one's actually confirmed this. At least no one's did any follow up because there's a lot of weirdness with people not wanting to report on OnlyFans. But there you have it. 
You can cash her outside, cash her inside, or cash her on OnlyFans, I guess, because she's definitely um, somebody's paying money. Somebody cares. Always wonder who sometimes, but somebody is really into that. Another story uh, from Thursday, the 8th of April, with a disturbing, uh, very disturbing um, headline is mass shooting at Bryan, Texas cabinet maker. This story gets a bump of response of 24.25% from the story at number five. And the updated headline reads like this. State trooper among six shot at shootings at Bryan, Texas cabinet maker. Engagement on the day we posted this onside the newsletter was 17.04%. BNO News, our source, here's what we put down on the update for the actual story. A suspect is in custody after a gunman opened fire at a business in Bryan, Texas, killing at least one person and injuring four others, local officials and witnesses say. A police officer was shot while pursuing the suspect. The incident began at 2.30 p.m. on Thursday when officers were called to an active shooter event at 350 Stone City Drive, which is home to Kent Moore Cabinets near College Station. The suspect had already left when officers arrived on scene. Bryan Police Chief Eric Busk said one victim was pronounced dead at the scene and four others were taken to an area hospital in critical condition. Six persons had no injuries from the shooting but was treated for an asthma attack. A second shooting was reported in Iola, a small city just northeast of Bryan, as police were searching for the suspect from Bryan. Witnesses reported hearing a series of gunshots around 3.30 p.m. and bullet holes were visible in a DPS vehicle. Police said the suspected shooter, who may have been armed with semi-automatic rifle, with a semi-automatic rifle, was taken in custody just before 4.20 p.m. His or her identity was not identified, not immediately released, apologies for that, but officials say the shooter may have been an employee of Kent Moore. And I believe that's where we end that on there. Uh, this shooting, of course, happened Thursday, two days before we actually record this. And I have not seen any new releases other than the fact that he was apprehended and they're dealing with it. And he was an employee of the cabinet maker uh, that was coming from the sort of bits and pieces of news reports I've seen between Thursday and today. More details will probably come out in this one. Definitely, as more people are definitely interested in how this is playing out. And it's uh, also bringing up, oddly enough, the gun debate, uh, the gun debate that President Biden, what was um, pretty hot and heavy on a week ago, and then a few other things sort of got in the way, and now it's coming back up. Um, it's 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 interesting, all the things that happened up. The, the, earlier in the week, there was this sort of a, you know, this tiff about Biden all of a sudden talking about infrastructure, and now that he's talking about infrastructure, there wasn't enough talk about gun control. And so now, as if he needed more push, here's a good reason to bring up gun control again. And this is an issue that is sort of bubbling up in the back conversations going on. So look for some rumblings of gun control uh, stories popping up here and there for at least a week or so or until something else gets in the way to bring down that discussion, which oddly enough, a gun incident will probably bring it back up again. Number three is a super story, and we treated this in a kind of unique way. Number one, the story, the combined stories, the super story is what we have. We have two headlines, basically stories that are updates to each other, and then we put them together so they're not just floating around together. It's kind of silly to have the updates as separate stories in most cases. And the combined stories uh, have the top Facebook response of the week. More Facebook responders were, were in these two, and yes, they were combined, so that makes a difference in the week. 
Both the stories uh, were pretty high. One of them was definitely top 10. The other one was right outside the 15 range. So it didn't really make much of a move, but basically from a three, from a five to a three. And what we're going with is the original story. And we'll give you the update, which is pretty simple and pretty silly. But you be the judge. As we say, Sunday, the 4th of April is the day we posted this story with a Super story combined previ- uh, previous, that means more more responsive, by 39.76%. This is the headline that got the whole ball rolling. Paul Pierce went on Instagram live with a room full of strippers and alcohol, and ESPN's Rachel Nichols got dragged into this mess. The day that we posted this one, because both of the stories made it to the newsletter, uh, the, this actual one was the engagement was 8.70% on that day, and we pulled it for some reason from sportscasting.com. The story was all over the place, but a lot of it was the Instagram pictures and less about the text. We had to get some actual text. I'm going to give you just the sort of really quick version of it without reading through it because I've got to add on to it. It's just to make it fair. So what happened was Paul Pierce went on Instagram over the weekend and was just doing some Instagram living because that's what he does. And he was doing it while he was smoking. Not sure what exactly was smoking. He was drinking and there were lots of strippers, half naked women just in the shots, on the shots, all over the shots. It was Paul Pierce having a party, probably doing some some weed with a bunch of strippers in it. And how Rachel Nichols got into it was Rachel Nichols works with Paul Pierce on ESPN television owned by Disney. And because people on the Internet are idiots, somebody asked, hey, where are Rachel Nichols at? Which turned into a whole nother thing. Rachel Nichols, Nichols, nowhere near. But people asked and it turned into a thing. So what happened? Well, Paul Pierce got fired from his NBA analyst job and posted a video moments after that was announced with him smiling, saying basically other things to come. That was the update that pushed this up just slightly. But Paul Pierce having a stripper party on Instagram and getting Rachel Nichols involved with her not being involved. That was already well on its way to being inside the top 10. So whether you are pro Paul Pierce or or anti Paul Pierce from his basketball days from his analyst days and from his instagram days we will probably figure out fairly soon what better things are to come and we'll all find out whether they actually were better or not moving to the story at number two this story gets a bump in response from the story at number three of 48.28 percent yes these stories are growing by leaps and bounds twitter was all a fire this week with a bunch of stories a lot of them late but when we get to number one, this was the early story that took took charge and stayed in charge. We'll get to that when we get to that one. But the story at number two first, the, the original headline that we posted on Thursday, the 8th of April, is Northern Ireland bus hijacked and burned in sixth night of violence in West Belfast. As we said, the bump in response to that one was 48.28% from the number three story. The updated piece that we pulled and the updated headline read like this. Seven straight night of violence in Belfast as leaders call for calm. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson and Irish Teoshi Michael Martin joined the appeals for calm following a week of violence in West Belfast in an area connecting the loyalist community of Shakir Road with the nationalist Springfield Road. Police deployed dogs and water cannons on Thursday night to disperse the crowds. 
The previous evening, a bus had been hijacked instead of blaze. Police had been attacked by stones and bottles, and a journalist was assaulted. Boris Johnson said he was, quote, deeply concerned, unquote, about the scenes of violence and that, quote, the way to resolve differences is through dialogue, not violence or criminality. First Minister Arlene Foster condemned the rioters and branded their behavior as an embarrassment to Northern Ireland. Quote, this is not protest. This is vandalism and attempted murder. These actions do not represent unionism or loyalist. That was what she said in a statement. Northern Ireland Police Federation condemned, quote, shocking scenes which could set our society back years and violence on both sides of the interface of the Anarch Way. Our source for this was Euro News. And the day this went into the eight things to talk about newsletter, it was a engagement of three thirty five point through two percent. So if you want to see how things are probably going to roll in the actual uh, top 10 of the of the podcast here, make sure you go to our website and subscribe to the eight things to talk about newsletter Monday through Friday. We give you the eight things from the previous day, Monday, the previous weekend that people will probably be talking about most conversational things, water cooler stuff that would be out there that aren't exactly the breaking news headlines that really don't break all day long. As we said, look to our website or look for search for the eight things to talk about newsletter. You can search it and get that into your feed and subscribe to that. You also get a reminder via email of the the podcast here, the weekly wrap up that come along in that same feed and more things to come. More different ways of breaking down and being more conversation with you are coming in that email newsletter feed. So check that out today. Let's get on to the story at number one and fanfare comes for it because it's earned it for being here. This is another story that's a little bit weird, but it picked up its space. We posted it on Monday, the 5th of April. It gets a bumper response from the story at number two of 21.8 of 90 percent, 21, almost 22 percent. So that's interesting mark there. It's total engagement for the week was almost 10 percent as well. Nine point five five percent. It was more engaging than the number 10 story this week. That headline was on DeSantis blocking the COVID-19 passports. That's more engagement there by 443%. And the story we call the almost relevant story of the week, that story at the very bottom of the list in the countdown this week, 207 per the total listing of stories this week, 20,888%, 20,888. That's how much more engaging this story was than the rest of it. Here's your headline. Dubai police make arrests over indecent video of naked women on high rise balcony. This is what came out to be the tops. Let me read to you what we got from MSN.com. It aggravates, aggregates various stories in the day. The engagement on the day we posted in the newsletter was 42.26%. So, yeah, this one's going pretty far. And, yeah, let me just read it to you and then... We'll be light on commentary because this is not one that I'm usually commentarying, not a real word, on. A group of people were arrested in Dubai on Saturday over widely shared images that showed women posing naked on a high-rise balcony in the city, police said. Photographs and videos circulated on social media on Saturday night, depicting more than a dozen naked women who were lined up on the waterfront balcony of a residential building while being filmed in an upscale Dubai Maria neighborhood in broad daylight state link newspaper the national reported that the display was quote an apparent publicity stunt unquote without elaborating the dubai police force later announced that a group of people who appeared in the quote indecent 
their words, not mine, footage were arrested on charges of public debauchery and referred to the Dubai public prosecution. The identities of the individuals were not released, although the United Arab Emirates is seen as one of the more socially liberal countries in the Middle East. The images still came as a shock in the Muslim majority community where kissing in public have landed people behind bars. This is a culture thing. This is something that I'm not going to get into because it's somebody else's culture. And it's not for fear of insulting anyone because I don't think our Dubai audience is all that great. This is literally something that they don't do over there that we do over here and we don't so much worry about it. We have the freedoms to do so much stuff that we also have the freedoms to just be complete jerks about about stuff. Whether this is something that is truly indecent, well, it's all in the eyes of the beholder. And apparently for Dubai and United Arab Emirates, it's pretty bad. So you just sort of have to go with it. There are plenty other of things to argue about that are really supremely, extremely oppressive, that this is one that, you know, might have to go that slide. The fact that we posted it is something that's just sort of slipped into purview, no pun intended. And for some reason, it grew so quickly. And then it's basically stayed there all week long. That we are forced to engage with it, forced to talk about it. One thing about the way this program works, we don't just take a list of the things that look good to us and try to make them into a coherent story. We literally take the things that you tell us by the randomness of your views and the Internet are the top ones and just put them together and tell people exactly what went down. Top story this week is that story. Uh, the Dubai police are making arrests on people, calling them indecent because they were filming naked people on a balcony, which by the way, isn't necessarily a grand thing to be doing. It is pretty much indecent, but based on the rules and engagement in the Muslim-led countries, sometimes those things go much, much deeper than just a normal slap on the wrist or a, a quick citation to complaint. This may mean real jail time for real people and serious consequences to people. They do things differently in places like Dubai. We'll get to the almost relevant story in a moment and all the stats and figures that went to play about the conversation. So you've got to know where things are going and how we get these things. But first, I need to talk to you about one of our greatest sponsors. That is Blinkist. Earlier in the program, earlier in the podcast, I talked about how you can support this podcast by being a direct sponsor, a direct patron, if you will. One way you can also help us out financially and not cost you anything extra is to just visit one of our sponsors. Anybody you see in any of our products, they, are, they have banners and links inside of our newsletters, inside of our feeds and on the website as well. One of the ones that I love and I can't live without, and I'm going to say right now, you'll find you can't live without them once you join up is Blinkist. B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist is an app that allows you to catch up on all the great nonfiction books out there that you don't think you have time for. If you are feeling a little bit down because you don't have enough time to read all those great books that those gurus say you have to read, then Blinkist is your key to getting caught up. And the actual inventory they have is enormous and varied variety varied these are the last six books that i read that I completed inside of blinkist let me out by peter himmelman uh finished by john acuff badass habits by jen sincero also making the modern world by vakov smill 
Millionaire Success Habits by Dean Grazioso, and Purple Cow by Seth Godin. I've been in a kick basically going through all of Seth Godin's work uh, and mixing in other stories as I can get a chance to. And Blinkist has helped me do that because Blinkist offers up 15 minute iterations of all great books. It takes all the big insights, the big points about a book, puts them into easy to understand blinks and allows you to either read them or listen to them in audiobook form and take care of the whole book in about 15 minutes. You can also listen to short podcasts because short is their thing and short casts, different uh, uh, cut ups of different longer podcasts and shorter versions and other podcasts as well. And if you like a book so much in the blink version, they allow you to purchase that book either in a full audio or full book version as well. We have an app for Android and for iOS, and we, that's us at The Conversation, have a chance for you to get this app on us, the full-blown app, so you don't miss out on any of the experience. Go to thisistheconversation.com slash Blinkist. Thisistheconversation.com slash Blinkist. Thisistheconversation.com slash Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, and get the full version on us for this great deal you once you get into it you will understand just how important this thing is you'll understand why i sing its praises this is the app that allows me to stay informed even if my life is in total chaos because i can actually read books in 15 minute blocks and read books in those 15 minute blocks so try it for yourself it is blinkist and we have a great deal for you to try the whole full version of the app on us so as we wrap things up today, going into the big numbers before we go to the almost relevant story of the week, as we said, the engagement for the number one story was almost 10 percent on its own, 9.55 percent. And a lot of high engagement for the top stories this week because they were just so active in the Twitter world for how much engagement they had. Normally, we're about 35 percent for the top 10 stories in engagement this week. We showed out at 40.26%. Normally at around 5 and 5.5% for the almost rands. Those are stories 11 through 15. We don't talk much about them, but just for some sort of just reference on how the stories that didn't quite make it in work out, they're around 5, 5.5% of the engagement for a week. This week, they're also extremely high, 7.41%. This was an extremely high week for Twitter, with Twitter taking 95% of all the engagement this week uh, and engagement for Facebook being 5, where it's normally closer to uh, 10 to ten to 90 or, or actually around 11, 12 to 86, 87. This week of Twitter was aflame with some of these stories, especially on the Dubai police story. I guess it was just a big thing trending and we got a lot of extra impressions for folks inside of Twitter this week that it really, really showed things out. Now, as we said, going into the bottom of the entire list, the story at number 207, normally the top, the bottom story has about a 0.03% engagement. This one's actually um, trending pretty high at 0.05, believe it or not. As we told you, it is 20,880 zero twenty thousand eight hundred eighty percent less engaged than the story on the Dubai police arresting folks being indecent on the balcony. And this one is one that will prove that April Fool's jokes, especially this year, ain't all that funny. The engagement that it got in its total response, it was nowhere near reaching any sort of mark in any newsletter was, as we said, point zero five percent total. It came from Comic Sans, which is becoming a larger source of 
real news, weirdly enough. This is the headline that we posted on Saturday, the 3rd of April. So this is one of those stories that most most of the times the stories that are at the very bottom are stories posted very late on Thursday or very early Friday before we cut things off. This one was posted on Saturday and never went anywhere. Kansas mom arrested after cruel April Fool's prank on her daughter quickly goes south. You want to hear this one. Here we go. A mother from Wichita, Kansas, called her daughter to convey she was shot as part of April Fool's joke. Wichita police did not find it funny. On Thursday, Arnita Willis, 58, was arrested on suspicion of unlawful request for emergency service assistance. Willis was not home when responding police officers arrived at her home. According to the Wichita Eagle, Willis called her daughter at 8.32 a.m. from work and told her she was shot and then hung up. The daughter subsequently called 911. Police Lieutenant Ronald Hunt told the news outlet, Multiple police units, probably between 15 and 20 officers from the Wichita Police Department, as well as fire department and EMS, responded to the scene. When there was no response from the residents upon arrival, officers wearing shields and with guns drawn broke down the front door and found nobody home after searching. Hunt continued, through further investigation, we learned that it was an April Fool joke played on the daughter by the mother. There you go. Willis was arrested in the suburb of Derby. As we said, April Fool's jokes, never as funny as you think, and especially in this crazy year two-ish of the pandemic, not funny at all. But the funny thing is, we are done for this week, and we couldn't have done any of this work without you. Remember, we get the news stories, so we really get the rundown of news stories from you. We pull the news stories from various different aggregators and news sites and just all over the web and post them about every 50 minutes in social media. Sometimes we seem to post them early and sometimes we seem to post them late in conversation, but you in your engagement tells us how well they are going to go. Look for us on Facebook at This Is The Conversation. Look for us on Twitter at underscore, or sorry, TH underscore conversation. And as you check your feeds for any other stuff, you just see what we have going on and engage in the stories that look great. Click on the links and read them. Like them, love them, hate them, share them. The more engagement that a story gets throughout the week, the higher score it ends up with at the end of the week. And if it's a good enough story, it's top 10 version, and we talk about it in as much as we can detail as possible. If you want more stories like you like, make sure you're actually in the feeds and checking in regularly so that you can make sure that those stories are pushed up because otherwise other people are pushing up other stories. Remember, you subscribe to the podcast basically anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, more details on how you can find more about us, check out our website, which is this is the conversation.com. From there, you can find ways to sign up for the daily or five days a week email newsletter. You can also, of course, subscribe to the podcast, visit some of our sponsors, find more details about what's going on and special events, things that are coming really soon. We're doing lots of work behind the scenes to get things going. It's been a difficult year with a lot of plans that we had for this last year, 2020, being blown away. So we're trying to do our best to make sure those great things are incorporated in the new things we have set aside for 2021. I think you want to stick around for those things. They will be awesome. This is the part where I thank you a couple times and just kind of try to wrap things up. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This thing does not work without you as a labor 
of love, but it is a labor on its own. So we thank you for your support. We thank you for listening. We thank you for your comments. You can always send us your details on what we've done right, wrong, or otherwise, or some news stories you may have missed at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. Again, I am Jay Cleveland Payne, and for all the folks at the Conversations Project, thank you so much for tuning in. We are, of course, already gathering, started from yesterday morning, and keep on gathering news stories to prepare to see what stories will last out the weekend and what stories will actually be in the next countdown we do next Saturday. So if you want to find out, make sure you are subscribed or check out our website, thisisconversation.com, for every week's podcast and all the stories all the new stories that are in there even the ones that we are glossing over are there listed at the website trust me check it out it's a pretty odd thing we do but we want to make sure you know where all the news is coming from in the meantime i gotta get back to work you gotta get back to work let's make this thing a great episode for next week we'll talk to you again next weekend